It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show today is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and we are a company that provides life-changing nutrition information. And today we're going to be talking about an interesting nutrition and health connection. Um, We're going to explain how high blood sugars can lead to eye diseases such as cataracts or macular degeneration, and high blood sugars can also lead to hearing loss. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and nutrition educator. And today I'm here with Brenna Thompson, who is a licensed and registered dietitian. And I see clients at our Wyzetta office. Brenna sees clients at North Oaks and Maple Grove. And Brenna, she's here with me and just wanted to let you know that she wrote a wonderful article about high blood sugars and eye health. So you can read that on our website, which is weightandwellness.com. Good morning, Brenna. Good morning, Cara. Well, it's great to be here today discussing this very important topic. And in doing research for my article, I found that the leading causes of blindness and low vision in the United States are primarily age-related eye disease, such as age-related macular degeneration, cataracts, diabetic retinopathy, and glaucoma. And today we're going to specifically talk about cataracts and macular degeneration. And surprisingly, nutritionally, steps can be taken for prevention to stop the progression and in certain cases reverse some damage that's already been done. And so like you just said, most eye diseases do occur later in life. But, of course, the best time to start thinking about a prevention plan is when you are young um, and can make a difference. Cataracts and macular degeneration are preventable, even if there is a family history. And I think there is a misconception that when we get older, it's normal to, you know, lose some vision, lose hearing, and also things like achy joints and insomnia. People just think that's normal, but it just doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, no. And even someone with a diagnosis of cataracts or macular degeneration can stop the progression, and even in some cases, it could be possible to regain and improve eyesight. Exactly. So let's start start out with talking about cataracts first and explaining what they are. And by the way, a surgical removal of cataracts is the most common operation performed in our country today, Hmm. which I thought was interesting. But there's a few different types of cataracts. The most common are age-related cataracts. Not surprising. A Mm -hmm. cataract develops when protein in the lens clumps together and blocks light from reaching the retina. And this clouds the lens in the eyes, which is normally clear. So it's kind of like having foggy glasses. And yeah, exactly. Some signs that cataracts have started to develop are, you know, blurred vision, like being described like fogginess, um, double vision or seeing a halo around lights. And when I was working as a dietitian in Georgia with a lot of diabetic clients, it was very common that they would have cataracts. As we know, diabetes occurs from blood sugars being too high, often from eating too many sugars and high-carbohydrate foods. And high blood sugars act like free radicals, and free radicals negatively affect our cells, including the cells in our eyes. So people that have diabetes and prediabetes 
are going to be more susceptible to getting cataracts. And it makes sense that lowering blood sugars is the most important thing for someone with a family history or that has a diagnosis of cataracts. In fact, there is a great book called Dr. Bernstein's Diabetes Solution, and according to Dr. Bernstein, many of his diabetic patients with cataracts have improved their eyesight simply by eating a low-carbohydrate diet that brought down their blood sugars to normal levels. So we've established that sugar is a free radical and that lowering carbohydrates can improve eyesight because it brings blood sugar levels down. So let's break this down for people in practical meal planning terms. Good idea. Listeners might be thinking, well, I can do that. I can stop eating my daily cookie or kick my soda habit. And while desserts and soda are the most obvious forms of sugar, there are a lot of other foods that keep blood sugars high, too. And just to explain what we mean by that, Brenna, I loved when you started out your article you wrote that the morning bowl of cereal could potentially lead someone down the road to having eye disease. Mm -hmm. So even the cereal that you wrote about, which is Kashi, yes. it might surprise people that that would be a high sugar, mm -hmm. high carbohydrate mm -hmm. food. But cold cereal is a very high carbohydrate food, and it's going to spike blood sugar too high. Oh, and it certainly did. And <laughs> I feel much better now that oh, I'm eating that's eggs. The, that's what you were eating for breakfast. That's that is right. what I was eating for breakfast. It was Kashi cereal with banana and skim milk, and that's just all How sugar. many carbs do you think were in that? I oh, mean, like gosh. at least 50 grams. The cereal alone, I'm sure, had almost 80 grams of carbohydrate. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, <laughs> probably close to 100. Yeah. My day's worth. But, you know, besides foods of the cereal and fruit kind, other foods such as bagels, pasta, chips, crackers, all of these will turn into a lot of sugar in your bloodstream. And the best way to manage healthy blood sugars is to make sure that you are getting your carbohydrates from veggies. Lots and lots of veggies mm -hmm. and a little bit of fruit. Getting our carbohydrates from vegetables and fruits gives us so many other benefits as well. And we often hear the term antioxidants. You know, people kind of jump on these things like acai or pomegranate. And mm -hmm. while those are wonderful, um, you know, just getting a wide variety of different colored fruits and vegetables is the best way to obtain antioxidants. Um, for example, we all know blueberries are healthy and loaded with antioxidants that will protect against free radical damage. So including organic blueberries has been shown to stop the progression of cataracts if they're eaten every day. And the reason I say organic is because conventionally grown blueberries are sprayed with a lot of pesticides. And it can be hard to find berries, especially in the winter. But I personally like to get mm -hmm. uh, mine frozen organic from Trader Joe's. They're pretty reasonable. Oh, good tip. And didn't on a show once you said blackberries? Yes. Uh, I've gotten organic blackberries just from, I think, the Cub Foods. Okay. And they had a great price on them. So it's a great way to get berries, especially in the winter yes. and frozen, still will have the mm -hmm. good nutrients. And then just pour some cream on them and oh, yum. you're good to go. But other antioxidants to protect and heal our eyes are lutein and zeanthacin. Of all the carotenoids, only these two are found in your retina. And your retina, which is kind of the layer at the back of your eye is very sensitive to light and oxygen and requires a lot of lutein and zeanthin and oxidant as oxidants for protection. 
And the famous nurse's study found that participants with the highest blood levels of these antioxidants had a 20% lower prevalence of cataracts compared to those with lower levels. And the average daily intake of these two antioxidants in the study were between 6 to 7 milligrams total. And you can get these wonderful antioxidants that Brenna was talking about, lutein and zeaxanthin, from dark leafy greens like kale, collard greens, spinach, turnip greens, and broccoli as well. Mm, Those are some of my favorite (laughs) southern vegetables. And just one cup of kale has between 20 to 25 milligrams of lutein, which is quite a bit more than what was used in that nurse's health study. And kale, we were talking about this before the show, how those types of greens, when you cook them, they really cook down. So it would be very easy to get a cup of kale. Very easy. Maybe even two or three cups. I just call a cup whatever fits in my hand. (laughs) Exactly. So we can't forget about other antioxidant powerhouses. So... More well-known antioxidants would be vitamins A, C, E, and the mineral zinc. This is a really powerful combination, and you may have even heard the acronym. People say, oh, ACEs and zinc, Mm A-C-E and zinc, because they're referring to this combination. Right, and fish are also high in vitamin A, especially cod liver oil, which is another wonderful source of this vitamin A, And other good sources of vitamin E are things such as almonds, avocados, and sunflower seeds. And you'll find vitamin C in citrus fruits, papaya, cantaloupe, green peppers, strawberries, and broccoli. And when I was researching for the show, I found a lot of information that was new to me. And one thing I learned that vitamin C is, the vitamin C that we have in our body is most highly concentrated in the eyes. Um, So that's just one reason that it's so important for eye Mm -hmm. health. And then to get adequate zinc, I just want to talk about the foods where we can get zinc. The most absorbable kind will come from an animal source, beef or liver, although pumpkin seeds do contain zinc. And zinc deficiency is very, very common. Around three quarters of our population, even kids, are deficient in zinc. That's sad. Well, you can see that if you are eating lots of fruits and veggies, as well as fish and meat and liver and healthy fats like nuts and avocados, that you will naturally consume these wonderful antioxidants that can prevent free radicals from attacking your eyes. So, Brenna, it's time for our first break here in just a minute. So I'm just going to go ahead and take our break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Are you confused about what nutrition information to believe? You might be asking yourself, does butter raise my cholesterol? Or do I need to follow low-fat starvation diet to lose weight? Or is gluten causing my heartburn? Is diet pop a good choice? What type of calcium and how much should I take for strong bones? All these questions we hear in our office every day. I hear them every day. (laughs) Every day. We get emails, Facebook (laughs) questions. Yeah. If you want to have more answers than you do questions... Sign up for our, our weekend weight and wellness series. It's going to be at our Maple Grove location the weekend of March 2nd and 3rd. And nurses, you will receive over 14 continuing education credits, lots of information to keep you and your families healthy. So it's a win-win weekend. Now, if you have questions today about our topic, eye health or hearing loss, give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you want to feel better... You want to have more energy, you want to sleep through the night, feel less achy, improve your digestion and your moods. 
Look at nutrition. Good nutrition can change all of those things, and the educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness want to help you. They do this with their weight and wellness classes. It's a series of six classes. You can learn so much about your body and how to properly fuel your body. Did you know that poor nutrition is related to more than 90% of all health conditions? Learn how to properly run your body. The educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness can help you through the weight and wellness classes. Right now, if you register with a friend or family member, you'll each get $25 off. Classes are taught at Nutritional Weight and Wellness offices and many other locations throughout the Twin Cities. Call 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com to find a class near you. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you think ahead, say three months from today, we won't need our winter coats. As we shed the winter coats and sweaters, we will suddenly realize we have some extra winter pounds. So what is the solution? Sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program that starts the week of March 14th. Think ahead, plan ahead, and be ready for your summer clothes. Call 651-699-3438 for times and locations or go to our website at weightandwellness.com. And over break, we had somebody call in, so I'm just going to take that call right now. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question today? Hi, Bob. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi there. Uh, my question is, uh, you talk about high blood sugar. What is high blood sugar? What's what's the number? Well, I think of a high blood sugar as anything. I mean, it kind of depends <laughs> if you want to get technical about it. Anything pretty much over 100 when you're fasting. So doctors will count what they would call prediabetes as usually about 100 to, say, 124 as prediabetes if you're fasting in the morning. And then anything over 125 for fasting is considered diabetes. Or if at any time during the day you test with a blood sugar over 200, then they would count that as diabetic as well. Well, I have 150, 160 in the morning when I wake up, and in the afternoon it's down to maybe 190 or something like that. Those are some high blood sugars. So I would highly recommend working on bringing those down, hopefully with lots of healthy fats, your proteins, so meats, fish, all of those, and lots of vegetables. So you say anything over 120 is high? I say anything over 100 is high um, for, for your fasting. fasting. For your fasting. Now, right after a meal, uh, we'd really like to see if you have diabetes, we want to see those blood sugars below 140, but even below 120 would be much better. Okay, thank you much. Yep. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. And thank you, Brenna, for that awesome answer. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so speaking of sugar and blood sugars, we well, we've talked about how high sugar and high carbohydrate foods act as free radicals, but there are other free radicals as well. And this is probably not a surprise to people, but smoking, mm -hmm. um, drinking alcohol, drinking soda and eating trans fats. Those are all free radicals that can attack our cells yes. and have negative consequences. Yeah. And therefore, if you have cataracts, it's really important to stop all of these things and load up on antioxidant foods. And we're not trying to make it sound like, oh, this is a piece of cake 
to do, you know, just give up your sugar, give up your starchy carbs. In fact, we know firsthand from meeting with clients that even when there's a huge incentive like possibly losing eyesight, um, that making these changes can still seem very daunting. So if this sounds like you, um, if you do have a concern about your eye health or hearing and feel like it's going to be difficult to make some of these changes, think about taking one of our classes or making an appointment with a nutritionist to get help and extra support with this. So your eyesight is worth the effort. Yes, it is. And while cataracts that we've been discussing are the leading cause of vision loss, there is another debilitating eye disease that is actually the leading cause of blindness for those who are over the age of 50. And it's called age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. And just like the name indicates, it's typically an age-related disease, and AMD occurs when the macula deteriorates. And the macula is the part of the retina that controls acute vision, so bringing things into focus, those fine motor skills. And when the macula becomes damaged, uh, people may find it difficult to recognize faces, read small print, or work on certain activities like sewing or fixing small objects with your hand. Yes, and some first signs of AMD might be a blurry spot in the center of your vision or needing more light to read a book. And once that central vision is damaged, people, unfortunately, are can't drive or read. So very debilitating, like you said. Right. And it's well known that certain factors like smoking and having high blood pressure increase the risk of macular degeneration. And the reason for that, high blood pressure can cause damage to vessels just in general, including the tiny blood vessels on the retina. So that obstructs blood flow. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is that other connection we mentioned earlier about high blood sugars. So excessive sugar in the blood can pull fluid from the lens of the eye, affecting the ability to focus. And it can damage the blood vessels on the retina, also obstructing blood flow similar to what high blood pressure can do to the retina. So, Brenna, I think it's interesting to note that many of the recommendations um, that we would give to lower high blood pressure are the same when we when people want to lower blood sugar that's amazing so blood pressure and blood sugar um so it's not a coincidence that these two diagnoses go hand in hand so Mm -hmm. you think about the term metabolic syndrome which is cardiovascular disease combined with prediabetes or diabetes or high blood sugars Mm -hmm. yeah and i get a lot of questions about that when we teach our classes and we talk about Mm -hmm. that metabolic syndrome and it's that clustering of symptoms and Absolutely. Lowering dietary sugars and high-carbohydrate foods, again, are the first steps for lowering high blood pressure and high blood sugars. So instead of that Kashi cereal with milk for breakfast... With your banana. (laughs) With my banana, that's right. Or a big bowl of oatmeal that I used to do with a big banana in it. Oh, okay. More carbohydrates. More carbohydrates. A better option for stable blood sugars would be, say, a couple of eggs and some spinach cooked in coconut oil. Or uh, this morning I had some leftover um, ground meat that I just scrambled into my eggs with some salsa. That sounds wonderful. And it doesn't have to be a, a breakfast food either. Nope. I mean, you can have fish for breakfast. Leftover you, stir fry. Or you mentioned turkey burgers mm-hmm. with yep. avocado. So mm, That's one of my favorites. It's really just getting in that protein and the healthy fat and not having such a highly concentrated carbohydrate breakfast. Right. So... 
And that goes for any meal and snack. We're just giving Mm -hmm. one example. There was research done at the University of Colorado, and Dr. Richard Johnson, chief of the hypertension division, he states that consuming 74 grams or more per day of fructose increases your risk of having high blood pressure by 77%. So, Brenna, do you think that the people in the study were eating too much fruit? Is that where they were getting their fructose? I wonder if listeners are curious. I highly doubt it. (laughs) I'm sure they weren't. Certainly fruit in moderation is fine and is not a common culprit in causing high blood pressure or high blood sugars. Consider the fact that an apple, which has one of the higher fructose uh, amounts of any of the fruits, well, a medium apple still only has about 10 grams of fructose. So if we did the math on that, you would have to eat over seven apples to total up to that 74 grams of fructose in the study that was raising high blood pressure. Um, But it would be very easy for someone to drink two sodas that would add up to 74 or more grams of fructose. So over time, all of the fructose in these beverages, these high sugar beverages, Mm -hmm. can lead to chronic high blood sugars and high blood pressure. Right. And today, about 25% of all Americans consume over 134 grams of fructose a day. That And so we were just saying that 74 grams in the study was, was found to raise the blood pressure yeah. significantly. And we've almost doubled that. Yep. That's the our, average. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the number one source of calories in this country is high fructose corn syrup because it's in Everything. It is found in lots of different processed foods, but the main one that we know of is soda. So did you know that 90% of American children and teenagers drink soda every single day? And some as young as one to two years old and kids that young shouldn't be drinking soda. Well, first of all, it's just not a good prevention plan for what we're talking about today. There's a lot of reasons to not drink soda, but one is, you know... That's really early to be starting out. <laughs> drinking liquid candy. Drinking a lot of sugar, yeah. yeah. Water is what people need to be drinking. You know, some tea and coffee, depending on the person, are okay. Mm-hmm. But the juice, soda, and energy drinks are just very, very high in sugar. Um, and also, people want to know about alcohol. That is just another form of sugar. A lot of so. our female clients like their wine, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just sugar. And you mentioned juice, And ounce for ounce, juice has the same amount of sugar in it as soda. And we want to talk about all the great foods and nutrients that can prevent macular degeneration. But I think, are we coming up on a break here? Or we got time? Yeah, we should probably just take a break. And then when we come back, um, we can give tips on what to do instead of what not to do, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, before we go to break, I have a question for listeners. When you're at your grocery store and you're in the produce section... Do you head towards the iceberg lettuce or are you a little more adventurous with your greens? Because those dark leafy greens are the ones that are rich in the free radical fighting antioxidants. Um, Myself, I used to only eat romaine and spinach. But since I started working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I have become more (laughs) adventurous with my greens. And when we come back, Brenna is going to tell you one way that you can cook up a tasty dish with some greens. And please give us a call today, 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian. 
and I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. If you want to get the highest nutrient value and most antioxidants from your green veggies, it's worth branching out with your grocery shopping. So instead of just bypassing all those dark leafy greens, you know, take a look. Stand there. You know, don't worry about the other shoppers, but take a gander at some of those things such as the kale, the collard greens, Swiss chard, mustard greens, and turnip greens. You can use any combination of these and saute them in a little coconut oil with maybe a little garlic and a squirt of lemon for great options, but certainly those tougher ones such as the mustard greens and turnip greens or collards, I always recommend just kind of simmering those for about an hour in some chicken broth and they come out delicious. You're kind of the expert on the southern greens. I love my greens. (laughs) I love going to Braza and having them make it for me. (laughs) Um, But if you've got any questions for us today, give us a call at 651-641-1071. And I believe we have a few questions right now. We do. I'm going to go ahead and take the couple calls that we have. Hi, Colleen. Uh, Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question about fructose? Hello. Hi. Good morning. Is this Colleen? Yeah, sorry. I, I kind of missed that part. That's okay. Um, I do. I have a, you know, when I had a high cholesterol reading, um, of course, upping the fiber, and of course, my doctor said oatmeal and apples and everything I researched said that too. So then when you guys just exploded that myth <laughs> about the oatmeal, I got a little worried. <laughs> we burst your bubble. Yeah. So your concern, it sounds like, is high cholesterol? Yeah, and just fiber, increasing more fiber, and it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of fiber, according to this, is carbohydrate and mm-hmm. or fructose in fruit. So, well, what and do you suggest? okay, great question. So, first of all, about fiber, I think uh, you know a lot of us or a lot of people think, oh, I have to eat my bread and my bran flakes and my oatmeal to get fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best way to get fiber really is loading up on a variety of different fruits and vegetables and I think Brenda mentioned earlier like smaller amounts of fruit we usually like to say about two to three servings per day yes and we don't eat enough vegetables and when we say have veggies at a meal we're talking two to a you know at least two cups of vegetables which would be about like 10 brussels sprouts and you can sounds like if I'm wanting to keep the sugar part down and the fiber part in check as well. I should go with vegetables more than fruit for. Yes. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, the apple, I know we use that as an example. That is, it is a higher fructose content compared Mm -hmm. to other fruits that are lower. But in the big scheme of things, it's really not a big deal. It's about 10, nine or 10 grams. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a small apple would be fine. And actually a half cup of cooked steel cut oats is yeah. I think fine for most people if yep. if you're pairing it with a good healthy fat and mm-hmm. a protein as well because oatmeal on its own is going to spike your blood sugar. Yes. If that okay. makes sense. Great. So, no. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks you're for welcome. your call. All right, we got a couple more callers here. Hi Michelle, good morning. Do you have a question for us today? I do. Good morning. Um my question is surrounding blood sugar levels and wine. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I happen to be one of those individuals that enjoys my, my wine every once in a while. So what we oh, were talking question. about that yes. earlier, the women who yep. like their wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my question is, is, is there a wine that might have a little bit less sugar than another, you know, a Merlot versus a Chardonnay, or is, are they pretty much all the same? 
they're pretty close. Ultimately, your the darker the red wine, the more um, more antioxidants you'll get from it. But as we like to talk about in our class, it would really take like 200 glasses of wine, I think, is what <laughs> we figured to, you know, get you any true benefit from it. So we just recommend limiting the wine to maybe one or two glasses a week for optimal blood sugar health and okay. liver health. Okay. So I All think right. that's a great question, Um, you know, about which wine, like, would affect blood sugar less. And mm-hmm. I agree with Brenna that the red would be preferred over the white. I think what I've yes. researched is beer and then white wine would spike your blood sugar more than mm-hmm. a red wine or a, like a dry red would be best. Yes. You know, and certainly the dry wines more so than a sweet wine. Yeah. Does that help oh. you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank okay. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the call. Okay. Have a great day. Let's see. We had another caller. Well, um, I think we're getting a call, but maybe we should just jump back into talking about our healthy omega-3 fats. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some more great foods and nutrients that can help prevent that macular degeneration. And DHA is a wonderful omega-3 fatty acid, and DHA is found in high concentrations in our brains and in our retinas. And cold water fatty fish are also rich in DHA. So eat things such as salmon, herring, sardines, egg yolks, especially eggs from pastured chickens. And by pastured, we we mean that the chicken is out running around in the grass. Happy chickens. Happy chickens. That's right. (laughs) Because those pastured eggs will have higher levels of DHA than just regular conventional eggs. Like the cooped up chickens. The sad chickens. Yeah. (laughs) You may have heard of pregnant women taking DHA, um, and that is to assist in the formation of both the baby's brain and the formation of the retina. And also breast milk contains DHA. But research has found that those who had the highest intake of omega-3 fats had a 60% lower risk of advanced um, macular degeneration compared to those who were consuming the fewest omega-3 fats. And inflammation appears to be involved in that age-related macular degeneration progression, and omega-3s are very anti-inflammatory. So if someone already has this AMD diagnosis, uh, we really recommend taking DHA as a supplement in addition to eating the food sources that we just talked about, um, because it is hard to get enough from food, quite honestly. So at least 400 milligrams daily of DHA is what we would recommend. And since our DHA supplement comes from algae and not from fish, it is going to be fine for vegetarians as well. Always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to take our caller? Yeah. Thank you for... Oh, we have a couple more callers. Thanks for alerting me. Mm-hmm. Hi, another Michelle. Good morning. Do you have a question for us on Dishing Up Nutrition? Yeah, I want to know... Um, uh, what you what your thoughts are on sugar? I mean, coconut sugar, coconut sugar, and uh, then um, what is your best option of a sugar substitute? Okay, so the coconut sugar or also the palm sugar are certainly much lower in carbohydrate and will turn into less. Um, they will raise your blood sugars less than regular refined white sugar or brown sugar. But the important thing to remember is what are you using that sugar in? It's usually in baked goods that probably have a lot of flour in them. Coffee. In your coffee. Is it just a little bit? 
Um, probably about maybe three teaspoons. So that's a whole tablespoon. Um, you know, I would still encourage you to try and decrease that amount because it's still adding to your total carbohydrate content for the day. Okay. Do you recommend anything that would be? Um, we recommend a lot of our clients enjoy using stevia, the sweet leaf stevia comes in a powder. It also comes in drops and you can even get flavored drops such as chocolate or vanilla. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you like cream in your coffee? Have you ever had yeah. he heavy whipping cream? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Great. Yeah, so we, I think yeah, decreasing your coconut sugar um, and then even better yet, Would trying be stevia. stevia, which should not have an effect on your blood sugar at all. Okay, thank you very okay. much. Okay, sure, You're welcome. thanks for calling. Okay, we'll take one more call here. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, Diane. Do you have a question today? Hi, yeah, I do. First of all, I want to tell you, you have inspired me uh, this morning. I'm cutting up spinach to put into my cage-free eggs. Good <laughs> for <Yay>. you. <laughs> We're happy to hear that. But now I have a question kind of on the other spectrum of the um, nutrition. I am generally not too interested in things that I see that sound like quick fixes and stuff. But I got to tell you, that green coffee bean weight loss. Oh, no. Please tell oh. me. Talk <laughs> no. me out of this, please. Oh, <laughs> darling, stay Dr. away Oz. from it. Dr. Oz, right? Yeah, and I just saw this on the Internet because I generally don't watch him, but I just clicked on a link, and I thought, well, he's, I don't know, it looks kind of interesting. It looks kind of like it might actually work, but... There have been no real long-term studies to show that it does work. Uh -huh. And ultimately, um, how long do you want to have to keep taking green coffee bean extract <laughs> at the price that Dr. Oz is going to charge you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and really, I always say if it sounds too good to be true. Yes. It probably is. Mm -hmm. Well, that was my instinct. But then didn't Rachel Ray do it or something and... But remember, they're all getting paid yeah, that's to true. promote this. Okay. And I don't think these things, like uh, we've talked about acai and pomegranate and all these kind of superfoods mm -hmm. that come out, you know, they're not bad. No. I don't think they're necessarily bad, but there is, unfortunately, there's no quick fix nope. with health and weight loss. There's no magic pill. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you That's for a... talking me off the ledge here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, thanks for your call. Actually, it is time for our last break. You probably know that February is Heart Month, and the American Heart Association kicks off the month with Wear Red Day to bring awareness to the fact that heart disease is the leading cause of death in America. Many of the risk factors for heart disease are preventable, and nutrition choices have a big impact on your heart's health, even if you have other risk factors. Um, only a few risk factors, such as family history, cannot be controlled. So there are estimates uh, with studies showing that 80, and some research even says as high as 90 to 95 of percent of heart disease is preventable. Brenda's going to talk more about this after break, and we'll be back in a minute.
Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens? when you and your co-workers eat healthier foods. Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Brenna Thompson, here with Kara Carper. What many people do not realize about heart disease is that risk factors such as high blood pressure, high triglycerides, diabetes, and obesity often stem from nutritional problems. And with a good eating plan and lifestyle changes, your risks can go down dramatically. Be sure to listen in next week when we have a very special guest, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, he is a highly respected cardiologist with an integ- integrative approach to treating cardiovascular disease. I'm really excited to hear that show Me too. with Dar and Katie. Mm. We have more callers, Brenna. This is a great day for callers it here. It sure is. Hi, Linda. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question today? Well, I wondered if you had any nutritional advice regarding hearing loss and tinnitus. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, we actually were going to try to cover hearing loss, but we're running out of time here. But um, as far as that diagnosis, are you? is this for you that you're wondering? Mm-hmm. Are you on any medications? No. No. Okay. Then I often think of zinc for tinnitus is what my brain goes to. Um, you know, if you have adequate zinc stores. Mm-hmm. Are you in the Twin Cities area? You can go to any of our locations and do the zinc test to find out if you have adequate zinc. Um, do the test right in the office. Right in the office. Yep. I think I've done this. So. And it's complete and it's pain free. It's not even a blood test. We just have you uh, kind of swish a little zinc swish in your mouth and see if it tastes metallic. Yes. Yep. Um, it could be related to maybe a food sensitivity. But it's hard to say. Or if you were exposed to really loud noises in your younger years and that damaged any of those little fine hair-like structures in there. Have you been to a specialist to have it checked out? Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they, there's no... Uh, real reason or understanding of what causes. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh, work-related. My environment is noisy. It's a mm-hmm. classroom with children all day long. So I don't know if that's noisy enough, consistently enough. Seems like it's noisy to me. But <laughs> I would make sure that you are, because it could be just like one vitamin or mineral deficiency mm-hmm. that could be... Um, exacerbating the issue so just make sure you're getting you know your omega-3 fatty acids i would take a really good 
um, multi absorbable multivitamin to make sure you're getting all your Bs. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just like one deficiency can create this an imbalance. A whole host of yeah, yeah. I mean that's just a place to start. Sorry, we don't have a yeah. black and white answer, answer that, for you. Yeah. Well, then would that help to just keep it from getting worse, or uh, is that a well? A lot of times that does go away if really? the if the issue is addressed, if the mm-hmm. root cause is addressed. Will zinc cause stomach upset or problems at all? Is there a It shouldn't. Some people need to take that with a food. I've noticed, like myself, if I take it on an empty stomach, sometimes there's a little bit of nauseousness. Okay. Are there different kinds of it then? Oh, I suppose I'd find out when I go there. Yeah, Yeah. we have a a couple of great ones at our office. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Just going to take one more quick call here. Hi, Lynn. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question or comment today? Actually, I just called to thank you for all your great advice. I did contact the clinic, and I was recommended a few books that I um, searched out, and I also bought one for my doctor. And it's just wonderful to know that somebody is on the same page of how much sugars there are in fruits and not just plain old bakery goods. But (laughs) (laughs) looking forward to the class next week also. Oh, good. What class are you taking? Um, I have it on the calendar, a diabetic class on Wednesday. Okay, avoiding the diabetes epidemic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great Excellent. class. Yep. Have fun. You'll learn a lot about blood sugars and more about balancing them. So. Right. But, the you know, I had a couple of the books that you recommended and then went out and got the other ones. And it's just wonderful. Thank you. Oh, good. Well, thank you for taking the time to call in. We, we really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You have a nice weekend. You too. You and too. enjoy the class. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, while adding in the healthy omega-3 fats that we talked about before break, those are just as important as removing the bad fats from our diets. And a diet high in trans fats can contribute to that age-related macular degeneration by interfering with omega-3 fats in your body. And trans fats are the hydrogenated oils found in many processed foods, such as baked goods, crackers, cookies, margarines, and fried foods, such as... French fries and tater tots. Really important to avoid those bad mm-hmm. refined oils. So back to advanced, or, or I'm sorry, age-related macular degeneration. Um, you know, sometimes when people have the diagnosis, like we said, there's no cure, but the progression can be stopped. So with that diagnosis, or even with family history, um, it's important to be getting high doses of certain nutrients, like those vitamins A, C, E, and zinc. Um, have actually been shown to slow the progression from a dry AMD to wet AMD, which is a more advanced stage. We also recommend, you know, the A, C, E, and zinc for cataracts. So there's a lot of similar recommendations to these two conditions. And a major clinical trial called the Age-Related Eye Disease Study found that people who had macular degeneration could slow its progression by taking 80 milligrams of zinc, 500 milligrams of vitamin C, 400 IUs of vitamin E, and 15 milligrams of beta-carotene. So let's just give a quick summary just to kind of recap everything we've talked about for vision support. Because we've talked about a lot. (laughs) And we recommend that you, one, lower your sugar and starchy carbohydrate intake. Cut out soda, alcohol, trans fats, and smoking. And then add in lots of leafy green vegetables and other colorful fruits and veggies 
eat pastured eggs, cold water fatty fish. My favorite are sardines and salmon and other good proteins. But don't forget about those other great fats such as avocados and nuts and butter. But oftentimes it is necessary to get a little extra support above and beyond what's just found in our food. And we are going to talk about a supplement that we do have at our office. It's by Orthomolecular. Um, it's called Four, the number four dash site. And it contains 10 different ingredients that have all been shown to improve eye health. And we recommend two capsules per day. And some of the nutrients in Foresight that we've already mentioned are zinc, lutein, zeaxanthin. It has 30 milligrams of lutein. And it can be difficult for most to get that kind of a dose from just food alone. And so, Brenna, I'm noticing the clock here, and we just have a couple <laughs> minutes left. And um, we just had so much to cover today. We did. So I think just for the last couple minutes, let's switch gears and just address hearing loss. Um, the main thing that we want to say about hearing loss is that, you know, there is a known complication when people have diabetes that is hearing loss. And you know that with working right. with your clients. And we've talked about how high blood sugars, if not controlled, can damage the blood vessels. Well, this damage to blood vessels can impair the functioning of the nerve pathways in the ear. And just a study that was done a few years ago examined 5,000 individuals um, who were took part in a survey over, um, I believe it was a five-year period. Prevalence of hearing loss was 15% for those without diabetes but it was more than double that for those who had diabetes. So there's a real correlation. That's a very high correlation. And it's interesting mm -hmm. to note that diabetes and hearing loss are two of America's most widespread health concerns. Nearly 26 million people in the U.S. have diabetes, and approximately 35 million have some type of hearing loss. So if you do have diabetes or high blood sugars, it's important to get that under control to prevent further hearing loss. Mm -hmm. So sorry, we are running out of time. Um, I hope that you have learned the connection between high blood sugars and vision and hearing. And tune in next week. We hope you have a wonderful day. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.